things come up for you that you say, that sounds crazy. That makes me uncomfortable. That how can that be true? That's actually the stuff that you have to lean into. So what I did is I, I took and wrote down these like one-liners of the stuff that made me super uncomfortable. And then also the things that I resonated with. And every day I would read this one page about what these beliefs about money to start to change and challenge the way that I thought, because, you know, if, you know, when you have a belief system about money, it is deeply ingrained in you. I mean, it's like neurologically embedded in the way that you do things that, things that you say, the way that you feel about debt, the way that you feel about making money or spending money. So you have to work really hard to break it. So I read it every day until I started to, to question less. And this is episode 100 of None of Your Business Podcast. So first off, thank you everyone who has supported me along the way. Much love. And for episode 100 it's a huge deal for me and for you guys so i got dr lacy book and dr sean dill on and they're the authors of none of your business the book and they have a podcast called the none of your business podcast so we just get to have a conversation i get to learn more about them and their habits their lives and how they work together as a team, you know, and we get to learn about their book and their podcast and what they're really about. Guys, this is a huge learning curve for me. You know, when I found out that there was a podcast called the none of your business podcast, I was confused. I, I, you know, I, I was confused. I was like, what? What's going on? How did this happen? You know, I, I I look at the numbers, probably more than anyone should, and I look at the names, and something just didn't add up right. So when I did my research and saw that there was the None of Your Business podcast, I you know I looked, saw who it was, reached out to Sean, just asked some questions because I was curious, and. Instead of having a negative reaction, I just invited them on the show. And, of course, these guys are amazing, and they said that they would love to be on. So, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Please check out their book and their podcast. Go follow them on social media. Check out their website. And, till next time, guys. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. Please, go rate and review. I very much appreciate it, and please share this episode with one friend. Please. I would very much appreciate it. And if you guys haven't already caught it, on my Instagram, it is the none, it's none of your business podcast. I figured since my social media, well, my Instagram is mainly just for my podcast, I thought I'd just change it to none of your business podcast. So... Go follow me. Go follow those guys. All the tags will be in the show notes. And I love you guys. Thank you so much. Please go rate and review and share. What's up, guys? This is a Nudge Business Podcast. A podcast where we talk about anything but your business. And ask questions that's no one's business. 
Now, it is my mission to bring you inspiring, soaring talent from the heart. We all go through struggles. It doesn't matter what our background is, but we can overcome them. And I'm going to show you how. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let the show begin. Okay, guys, I know you're probably sick and tired of just hearing my voice, but real quick, if you guys want some amazing apparel, hats, masks, and support Black Lives Matter, support gay pride, and just be part of a dope organization, then go over to eastcoasttags.com and get whatever you want. They got face masks, they got shirts, they got hoodies, hats, and you can get custom orders, you can get stickers, you can get tags, you can pretty much whatever you want. Michelle got you. So go over to eastcoasttags.com. Use the promo code none of your business or NOYB. Get 10% off. Support them. Support me. Support your favorite causes. Love you guys. Enjoy the episode. All right. So welcome to the none of your business podcast, Lacey and Sean. This is kind of interesting. So my podcast is called none of your business. And these two that are sitting across the screen from me, they have a book and podcast called, the book is called None of Your Business, and the podcast is called None of Your Business Podcast. So, you know, I uh, went, when I learned about you guys, I thought, well, one, I was just curious, like, how did this happen? And then, it, you know, I, I thought, why not have some fun with it? Let's, uh, let's see what happens. So, Lacey, who are you and what do you do? Oh, that's such a like convoluted question all the time. <laughs> what do I do? Um, so I am, I guess I would call myself a serial entrepreneur, started off as a chiropractor and my husband and I, Sean, we ended up um, creating a healthcare franchise that is chiropractic offices all across the nation, 16 offices nationwide. And out of that model birthed this concept of teaching business principles to other individuals that wanted to, to reach more people and make an impact. So from there, we became, I would say, consultants for service professionals. Mm, okay. It's it in okay. a nutshell. Gotcha. Gotcha. So <laughs> obviously, Sean, you're in the chiropractor field as well. Like, you know, what made you dive into that area? Into chiropractic? Yeah. Well, the, the chiropractic um, beginnings, my cousin, uh, Steve Hernandez, was a chiropractor. Um, he has since passed away, but he was a huge inspiration for me. Um, he had a practice in Mequon, Wisconsin, which is outside of uh, Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And uh, he always mentored me when I was through middle school. And then, of course, I think most, most chiropractors had some sort of a chiropractic experience in life. And I was injured playing soccer and was helped by a chiropractor. And then uh, through my cousin, I pursued that. Um, my story is actually a little, little interesting from there. I went to chiropractic college outside of St. Louis, Missouri, and then went on to practice when I first went into practice in the country of Costa Rica. When I first went there, there wasn't a lot of chiropractors there. It was, a, it was in its infancy. 
And I was 24 years old when I moved to Costa Rica and ultimately ended up authoring the law that regulates the practice of chiropractic in Costa Rica. And so that wait, was- Wait, wait, don't forget though that when you went there, you didn't speak a word of Spanish. So that was a little minor. bit challenging. <laughs> That's like the best part. He's leaving that out. He didn't speak minor details, right? Minor didn't speak Spanish. Went to a country that did, no big deal. <laughs> well, I'm also, based off of that, I'm an expert on how to learn a foreign language. Um, <laughs> and and I'll, I'll tell you what I did. I'm now fluent in Spanish. So I, I lecture and we travel the world and we conduct some business in Spanish. But what I did was I read the newspaper every day, cover to cover. And, you know, Robert, most, most newspapers are written at a third grade English grammatical mm -hmm. level, but they're also written with perfect grammar, right? So they're not going to have slang or they're not going to, you know, take shortcuts. So I just read it every day. And what the thing is, is that you can get an idea. Like if you're reading the newspaper of where you live, you kind of know what's going on. So you just are, are piecing it together. And every day I read that because what I really wanted was I wanted to be able to listen to a Spanish a soccer game and you know, if you ever if you've ever heard that sometimes they put it on ESPN and they just they, they speak so fast and I wanted to be able to understand what they were saying listening to a soccer game on television or on the radio and so that that's what I did and so I was able to become fluent in Spanish uh, two daughters were born there in Costa Rica and so that was my that was my beginnings adventurous beginnings awesome that's awesome so like where did the Sean and Lacey team begin Gosh, well, yeah. well, first of all, we have to say that I am terrible with dates, so I'm going to have to defer to Lacey on a yes. date. No, um, can I? Let me just disclaim: he's so terrible with dates that he decided that we should get married on my birthday, so he would never forget. So, <laughs> for all you gentlemen out there, it's a great decision—one date to remember. But yes, and your birthday is not hard to to forget because it's New Year's Eve. So he got really lucky. <laughs> Well, we celebrate with the entire world, your birthday and our anniversary. <laughs> awesome. So our team, we began, um, so Sean, after he left Costa Rica, he came back to the United States and started teaching business at a chiropractic college, Chiro chiropractic college I was at. I always say it's not like one of those crazy novels where I got with my teacher or anything like that. In fact, we didn't start dating till long after I graduated, okay. but that was where we first met. And that was in 2006. 2006. Yeah, yeah. I would have never guessed yeah, that. You would have never guessed that. <laughs> so we ended up doing a lot of work together. And then over the course of time, obviously got into a relationship and now been together for 10 years. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So you guys wrote this book called None of Your Business. <laughs> yeah. You know, like for the people who haven't read it, like tell us a little bit about the book. Well, the genesis of the book really for us being chiropractors and then our trajectory led us to where we were working with uh, service providers in a myriad of different fields through uh, something we believe in, relational capital. Um, we believe in long-term relationships with the people that we work with and collaboration. And so we were beginning through our relationships to meet other people in other industries. But one central thing that we noticed was that, in our opinion, some of the best and most skilled individuals in their field of providing some sort of a service, they lived in relative obscurity, mostly because they didn't embrace the marketing and sales side of the business. Ooh, and mindset. And mindset. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and the same thing, you know, we're having this conversation 
And, you know, neither of us have, you know, premier first level podcasts. And that's not a function of the quality of the podcast. It's a function of marketing, marketing dollars, getting the podcast in front of people, driving listeners, downloads, et cetera, which is why this, like you said, the, the, it makes sense to come together and do a podcast and have some fun and vice versa to have you on our podcast as well, because it just creates exposure. But the world that we live in is that, you know, we have like television, you have people, figures like Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, but in all reality, we don't really know. I mean, even in today's current climate, you have Dr. Fauci. The fact that you're on TV makes you an instant expert, but we don't really know if these individuals are actually really good clinically. And that's the saddest thing. There's people all around the world who are the best at what they do, but nobody knows nobody that. Knows about them. Yeah. So we wanted to create some tools for service providers to embrace the idea of being an entrepreneur. One of the things too is a lot of people that have a passion for what they do. I mean, even, you know, um, I could tell in our brief interaction that we've had with you that you're very passionate about your podcast and that you've done your homework and you did all of these things, you know, to get your podcast, you know, out there and get it to as many people as possible. You're checking your metrics. And so there's a passion there, the same as in any service provider, but a lot of people do not actually want to embrace the idea of being a business person. They sometimes feel that marketing and sales is sleazy or, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to come off like I'm real overly pushy or I'm overly selling something. And in all reality is if you really believe in your service, if you really believe that what you have to offer the world can really make an impact, you actually have an obligation to embrace those things because it, it, it goes both ways. If you are a highly skilled practitioner, a healer, or you had something that you had to offer the world and you didn't share it with the world, well, there should be a level of shame or guilt in the fact that you didn't do everything possible to reach every person possible with your message. And so that's why we, we wrote this book is we wanted to give service providers business tools to help them with their marketing, to help them with selling and being okay with selling and also help them with their mindset. You know, we're this week preparing for a, 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 a workshop that we're putting on online this weekend that centers exclusively on our mindset with money, because that's another area where service providers oftentimes are not, they're not super proud to be rich, but here's the deal as you are probably figuring out and as we're figuring out in order to reach a lot of people, you need to have money. You need to have the ability to run Facebook ads or advertising or make the connections or go on to conferences and connect. And so the first step is we want to make you ultra successful. And then we want to help you to reach as many people as possible. That's the book. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's an Amazon bestseller, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's about a year old. So when we launched, we were on uh, several of the business categories bestseller list. Um, and the book is still available on Amazon. Okay. So, you know, before the book came up, what are some struggles that you guys like saw for the idea to come together? I think too, it's not even just what we saw. It was a lot of what we experienced ourselves. And then going through that experience really empowered us to help other people and recognize it in other people. Specifically, I would say uh, one of our biggest struggles, well, it was really my big struggle was around my relationship with money. 
Like I grew up in um, a family that didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we, you know, I started working since the day I was 14 years old and I have not stopped since. I've always had a job. Um, I, I contributed, I made sure I could pay bills. So I was very young and, and always had this strong belief that you worked a nine to five job and you can only make a certain amount of money, right? I, I lived in a total lack mentality. I didn't believe in the idea that I could just wake up and figure out a way to make more. Like it just, it didn't, it didn't fit in my paradigm. I'm sure you've run across people like that as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people relate you, you specifically. Well, yeah, me too. Like it worked nine to five. It just, it didn't make any sense. Why would I work for money and not have my money work for me? Exactly. Right. But it's such a foreign concept, especially if you grew up in a family that only had nine to five jobs. And so it was my like struggle and belief that I, that money was limitless and I could make whatever I want. And so when I met Sean, um, my belief system around money was completely different than his. And if you watch um, any couple, whether they work together or not, what are the biggest things that they fight over? You know, money. It's always about money. And oftentimes it's because their belief systems don't match up and their paradigms are so different. And when I met him, he was saying crazy things to me like, oh yeah, like, you know, money flows as easy as it goes out, it can come back in and that there's an abundant amount of money on the planet that can be made. And don't worry, Lacey, if we spend it, we'll just wake up and make more. And I was like, you're freaking nuts. Like, talks like that. The government, the government <laughs> just made $3 trillion. The government just made $3 trillion. <laughs> Why can't we? Right. Yeah, okay. So that is probably one of the biggest things. And so I did a lot of work on shifting my mindset specifically from a major like lack mentality, nine to five mentality into an abundant, limitless entrepreneurial money mindset. And everybody that we work with has some weird relationship or paradigm or belief system around money that we've been able to create mechanisms to help them break. So that was one of those things that we saw that these service providers needed. Mm, Okay. I like that. You know, growing up, uh, I didn't know what entrepreneurship was. I didn't know that you know, the, the, my whole financial literacy was none. I I didn't have any, like I used to be terrible with money. Um, you know, my, my story is I'm a recovering drug, drug addict. I cannot talk today. Jeez. (laughs) I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. And like through that lifestyle, you know, I, I, uh, I developed a entrepreneur trait in the legal way and through my, you know, my recovery and doing with this podcast, I like working nine to five job. Didn't, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Like, how do I make more money? how do I make more money? So I obviously did the things that I did. But if I can learn financial literacy, even 20 minutes a day, and invest because I didn't learn it in school, which I didn't go to school. But I when <laughs> right. I when I was in school, I, I didn't learn it. So for somebody like me, or anyone who's in who was in school, because the whole COVID thing, like to for you to change their mindset with money, do you have like, maybe like three tips or guidelines or anything like that, that could start somebody on that journey? Yeah, I would say my number one biggest tip. And uh, I, I tell this to everybody that has any, any amount of struggle with the way that they believe money 
works, um, is to read this book. This book changed my life. It literally changed the trajectory of my life. And it's called The Little Money Bible by Stuart Wilde. Now, I don't know if you've heard of it, and it really is teeny little. tiny. It's little. <laughs> and you could get through it super quickly. And it, the thing about the book is, especially if you're somebody that grew up much like yourself and me with this idea that um, money only is the only money you can make is if you work for it in that hour, right? This paid hour by hour type of job. Um, anybody that believes that if you read this book, you're going to be thoroughly challenged in your belief system. And so one of the things that I encourage people to do, don't just read it. You actually need to read. And when things come up for you that you say, that sounds crazy. That makes me uncomfortable. That how can that be true? That's actually the stuff that you have to lean into. So what I did is I, I took and wrote down these like one liners of the stuff that made me super uncomfortable. And then also the things that I resonated with. And every day I would read this one page about what these beliefs about money to start to change and challenge the way that I thought, because you know, if, you know, when you have a belief system about money, it is deeply ingrained in you. I mean, it's like neurologically embedded in the way that you do things, the things that you say, the way that you feel about debt, the way that you feel about making money or spending money. So you have to work really hard to break it. So I read it every day until I started to, to question less. Mm -hmm. That would be tip number one, Little Money Bible by Stuart Wilde. I promise. And that, that contains more philosophies about money. Yes. Not, it's not about like, you know, should you invest in stocks or should you save or it's, it's, it's not your, what to do with your money. It's, it's a philosophy it's, of how you think about money. How you think about, which mm -hmm. I think is where you need to start because it's really hard to know what to do with your money if you don't think about it the right way in the first place. Right. If you're just swiping your debit card or credit card or whatever and not keeping track of it, then where does it go? You don't know. Yes. That no is idea. perfect. I think did you, you, you must have done your homework because you just segue me into point number two, and that is respect the money. Okay. Mm. So this is a really weird, con this is a really weird concept for me because even though I had this weird relationship with money and thought about it in a way that was non-abundant and that there wasn't enough of it for me, I still had weird ways that I engaged and interacted with money. So for instance, if I had cash in my purse or my wallet, it would all be like haphazard and kind of be shoved in there along with like a bunch of receipts. And I know all the ladies listening out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Tons of receipts stuffed in your purse. You know, you just shove it in there, but that's not being respectful to money, right? If, if the world or the universe or whatever it is, or your effort is providing you financial freedom or providing you money, you need to respect it just like you would in any other relationship. You're in literal relationship with your money. Uh, the other thing I did to respect money is I had this weird love hate thing with change. I did not like change. I, if I saw change on the ground, I wouldn't pick it up. I used to I, say that when, when money became coins in your mind, they became worthless. Even though, <laughs> yeah, I, it was just a weird thing. And so we started this thing called respect the money and it was, that I was so respectful of it and so dedicated to making sure that I was aware of the money that was coming to me, that no matter where I was, no matter where we were at, if there was a, a, a penny on the ground, I would pick it up. 
because technically it was meant to be mine. And I took this so far. I'll tell you this story. Don't judge me. Okay. I'm no, no uh, judgment at all. No, this is a no judgment zone. There was, I was so dedicated to this idea that the, that I was supposed to be aware of the money the universe was giving me that it was raining one day and I got out of the car and I saw this penny on the ground and I bent down to pick it up and I, I went in for it and it was in a huge fat, like loogie. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. But we're talking about respect the money. If you want more of it, you have to treat it nicely so that you can have more. So I was dedicated. I was committed and I went for it and I grabbed it, spit and all and put it on the floor of my car. And I, to this day, because I, if I could pick money up out of that, I'll pick it up out of anywhere. So respect that. the money, be in relationship with your money, check in on your money every day. Like you said, wake up, look at your bank account, see where you're spending, you know, be in relationship with it. Don't ignore it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sean, you, you know, <clears throat> wow. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, you have talked about how relationships are important to you. Was there like a time in your life where maybe relationships like didn't go so well or not as good as you thought that made you build that value of strong relationships? Well, I think it happens all the time. Um, because you know, we, we walk around this earth and we look for people that match our values. And oftentimes you, know, you meet people and, and frankly, look in today's society in today's world, people don't necessarily value relationships. Mm -hmm. They're chasing, you know, money or they're chasing cars or objects, things, clothes, things that they, they want that make them stand out. But I actually even think that through this whole thing, this pandemic that we've just lived through that the real commodity as we've, you know, crippled a lot of individuals financially, that the real commodity that's going to have the most value in business is relationships. Um, I always, people sometimes when we do interviews will ask like, you know, especially if we're talking in a business forum, you know, a popular question is if you had to start all over again, what would you do? And I always say like, look, you can take everything away from me as long as you leave me my phone here in front. As long as you leave me my phone, um, I'll be okay. Because in my phone, not because I value the technology, but in my phone, I have my contact list. And I can make a couple of phone calls and get right back in the game. You know, you can, um, you know, just like we're doing now, you could leverage somebody else that has um, a program, a platform. You can um, collaborate. We could do business together. You could do a revenue share. There's so many things that you can do business-wise. But um, to your point, yeah, we've been in plenty of situations where, you know, we were in essence being used. Uh, people were not collaborating. They were, you know, trying to see what they could get from us. And there's no one indicator. I mean, anybody that's ever been in any sort of relationship, mm -hmm. romantic or otherwise, has probably felt that, right? Like you're in a relationship and, and it's not equal. But, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. but I in my life have never found anything that just tells you like, this is the definitive indication that you are being used. There just comes a point where you understand that the other person doesn't value that relationship. Mm. But I, I think that the other thing is that oftentimes people are only in it for a short term. 
And that's why we said that we value long-term relationships. If we're going to collaborate with somebody, um, we want to be able to collaborate long-term. We want to be able to help somebody. You know, even like when in, in our conversations, you know, I think that, you know, the, the intersection of, of two or three people's lives um, and then coming together and saying, look, how can we collaborate? How can we help you? I think one great tip, um, a mentor of ours, Chris Winfield, uh, shared with me one time that he went through a stretch where he wanted to meet one new person every day. Just think about that. You just mm-hmm. connect to somebody every day with no other agenda other than to figure out how you could help them with what you have going on. And what you'll find is that they end up helping you, one, they end up connecting you to other people. And it's a wonderful exercise. And it seems daunting, but the value of that exercise is, is huge. huge. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, every time, not every time, but I always try and provide my time to my guests or, or anyone else just to build that value because, you know, you're taking your time out of your day to be on my show. Like, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. So since we're talking about building relationships, like what is something that I could do for the two of you? Hmm. I kind of think you've already done it, actually. I mean, I just think that you're, you know, when you approached us and said like, hey, we've got a podcast and it's the same name same as name. mine. <laughs> you were so wonderful in the way that you managed that and handled that. And then to get on here and create this relationship with us now, and collaborate and bring us on to your podcast that you had first with the name. I mean, that was, um, there's not a lot of people that would do something like that and, and be so willing to, you know, create a relationship instead of try and stop it. So I feel like you've already, you've already delivered. That's (laughs) what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you are doing this and that are also willing to come on our show and that we can, you know, cross promote introduce uh, your show to our audience and vice versa. Um, and, you know, I would encourage the listeners to, you know, check out both shows. And likewise, when, when we have you on ours, um, to take you into Black Diamond Club, introduce you to all of the people that we're serving, because there's value there. And so, I, you know, I would say, yeah, you've already done that. Having said that, I will say, <laughs> this is not an ask, but I do think this is another really great tip. Um, and that is that, I think that every morning you should wake up and consider what is your biggest question, concern, obstacle, or opportunity. Your biggest question, concern, obstacle, or opportunity that you're dealing with that day because things like this do happen where somebody might say to you unexpectedly, hey, um, how can I help you? And if you're conscious of this is what I'm working through, these are, the, these are the questions that I have, or these are the opportunities that I might be able to take advantage of if I had some help, People do show up in your life to fulfill a void. And so um, I, would, I would say in this case, I mean, you've already fulfilled that with mm-hmm. us, um, but I want, would encourage everyone listening to be mindful of that because you never know, somebody may all of a sudden present to you the opportunity. And if you're not ready, opportunity not comes and it. goes yeah. and you could miss that, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you. So when you guys aren't coaching people, doing your podcast like what do you do in your free time well that's easy uh, well sean golfs golf so <laughs> <Nice>. like uh, <laughs> any amount of free time that he has he golfs and then i actually really love to cook that's kind of what i love doing most but honestly this has been an, a unique 
probably four or five months for us. Mm. Um, because typically we're on the road, we travel about twice a month, uh, all over the world. We speak at conferences and seminars and we're, I mean, we're gone a lot. So typically our free time is very minimal. Um, so it's, you know, the, the silver lining and the blessing has been that we have been home and been able to do some of the things that, you know, give us peace, I guess you would say. Here's a fun fact. If you are following me on social media, um, some people know this, but I actually don't even have a car. Yeah. <laughs> um, all, in our garage, all I have, I have my a car and Lacey's car and my golf cart. So I, I <laughs> love it. I'm on the golf cart almost every day. Uh, we live across the street from our club and I just go over there and either practice or I um, think we were like get, 70 or something. Get some golf in every day. <laughs> if I lived next to the golf course, I would be doing the exact same thing. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, it's definitely one of my favorite pastimes is to go golfing. So, oh, yes. Oh, nice. That is, yeah, that's a great so way to get away. You understand yes. the obsession. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either golfing or fulfing is what I like to do in my free time. So, <laughs> yeah, he golfs, I cook, I recreate recipes from restaurants, and that's what we do. <laughs> nice. So, do you like to only cook for yourself? You're like, Sean's golfing. I'm just going to cook this delicious meal. No, I'm Italian. So, that means I like to cook for everybody. The gotcha. more people, the merrier. Like, I, if you're in my house, I want to feed you and they're like doing one of these because I feed them all the time. I'm like, want to cook and make food for everybody. In fact, I cook mostly for other people. I'm actually a vegetarian. Oh, um, really? And my favorite things to cook are meat dishes. Like prime rib is my number one favorite dish to cook, favorite meal. And you've never so even tried I've it. I've never even tried it, but really? it's good, right? It's very good. It's everybody very good. raves about it. It's everybody very raves good. about it. So I actually just love to cook for other people. It's part of the Italian in me. It just makes me feel happy when other people's bellies are full. <laughs> awesome. Love it. So, Sean, you were talking about um, what I should do in the morning and what my what the listeners should do in the morning. Do you guys have a morning routine to set you up for success? And what is it? That's a great, we, we love you. Well, you're hitting, you're hitting all the great ones. That's a great question. Yeah. Obviously um, from multiple angles, you know, there's so much talk about morning routine and the importance of morning routine. And so obviously um, we believe that there are certain things that you should create a routine around because it sets yourself up for success. Having said that, I'll also give you a contrarian viewpoint mm -hmm. to this. Um, if you look at the physiology of the human body, the neurology of the human body, we, our brains have the ability, once we find routine, to basically shortcut. We begin to, our brains begin to wire to shortcut activities because they become routine. Um, you know, have you ever been in your car, maybe you've driven to work and you're driving home and you're like almost home and you realize you've kind of been spaced out and you're like, how did, how did I, I get, get here? here? Like, how did I, <laughs> like, what was, what happened? And you just sort of automatedly drove and you arrived home. Most people are too young to remember, but there was a, a time when we had like telephones that, you know, you had to punch the numbers in. And sometimes you couldn't remember someone's phone number because we didn't have iPhones. And then you, you would literally do like this, like you would, and then you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could remember it. And that's, that's your brain taking shortcuts because it's found this routine. And then once it gets in the routine, it can basically go on to autopilot. So 
The danger here is that routine is also for all of the entrepreneurs or the creatives that listen to, to the podcast. Routine is also the creator is the killer of creativity. Routine is the killer of creativity. So if you want to be inspired, if you want to create, if you want to do new things, create new content or come up with great ideas, we suggest that you just break all of your routines and think about how many things. So like morning, not every day though. Like no, not break, every day like in those moments. Every once in a while you break them. Yeah. But think about how many things are routine in our lives. I and mean, we, we, we point out like people sleep on a certain side of the bed right? You just always sleep on that side of the bed. Well, what happens if you shift that up? Like it just, it, what it does is it, it sparks your neurology. Your neurology is like, oh my gosh, this is, maybe you wake up and you brush your teeth and you take a shower. Well, what if you did things in a different order, right? It's just different. And what it does is it doesn't allow your brain to go into autopilot. So yes, I do think there's certain habits that are important. Meditation, uh, movement, exercise, um, checking in with your money, journaling. These are all important things. But what I would say is let's be careful not to make them just these monotonous routines. Switch, Switch it, it up. up every now and then. Mm, okay. Okay. I like that. So like, what does your morning routine look like? normally like right now like what did you do this morning well i think that um every day important to sort of begin with a thought of of a visualization um a time of you know either silence meditation visualization where you begin to kind of map out and see how your day is going to play mm -hmm. out i don't i think that many people just allow the day to come to them um you know so so you need to kind of figure out what that's going to look like so that you're on your agenda and you're on your task um, I like to then also look at my calendar. Lacey and I, um, one of the other elements or one of our principles is that we're very strict with our time. It's so easy. People really struggle with that, right? Like just time gets away from you. Um, and so we're very, very controlled with our time. And so we, we, we have our, our schedule. And so I like to look at my schedule as I'm mapping it out. I know, okay, so this meeting, this meeting, this call, I've got to do and this and accomplish always, this. We always sit and talk about our day so that we know, have expectation of what the other person is available to do or not available to do. Mm -hmm. So I think in any relationship, that's important, whether you work together or not. So that's one thing that we do. Look at the calendar, wake up every day, look at the calendar. Big thing, big absolute, like, no, no is not to start your day off by reading your emails or diving straight into social media. Because they say that when you do that, you're starting your day off by essentially giving in to other people's agendas. Yeah, absolutely. What they want from you, right? So we never do that. Um, always Set your agenda first mm -hmm. and then exercise. The Peloton. So I'll go and then he'll go. So we always do the Peloton in the morning. And we get ready and then we crank off. And you do your cold shower. Oh yeah, that's and I always do. It's part of that's that's a routine. I'll I'll take my normal shower and then I'll switch it to cold. I try to do about three minutes, but I mean like start cold. And I what I my my mantra my what I what I tell myself um, there is that you can do anything. You can do anything if you can do anything for you can do anything for three minutes. And so I usually because I've looked at my day, I'll know what challenges are are coming up and too. And I'll say like if you could do this, if you can stand here in this cold water, then of course you can. And then whatever the challenges that I that I'm facing that day, you can close that deal. You can whatever it is. Um, so that I'm also framing my mindset. And then you get out of there and you're like, yeah, I can do anything. Because I'll tell you at first, that was really hard. And now, like, I just put the cold water on and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it's just cold. It doesn't throw my system into shock. He does anymore. it enough for the both of us. He can have that one. <laughs> yeah.
uh, with my morning routine, I'm not perfect. I probably do it like four out of the seven days a totally. week. Um, I like to also take my normal shower and then go as cold shower for as long as I can. I don't know if it's awesome. three minutes because I don't time it. Uh, right. Yeah. I, okay. Just this is enough. Head. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I do that. My one, my creative side in me is turned up a notch. My pro, my productivity is turned up a notch. And like, I'm not, I'm a more pleasant person to be around. People want to talk to me when I don't do my morning routine. It's not a pretty picture. It's. I, I could swear you're actually just talking about coffee because <laughs> <laughs> for me, that's all I need. Coffee makes me more pleasant to be around, more productive, happier, all those things. <laughs> but okay, a cold shower, morning routine, I can get behind it. <laughs> so Lacey, if you could wake up and you didn't have any work, you didn't have any emails, you could just wake up and have the perfect day. What would that look like? Gosh, so this is hard because I've never not worked. I actually really love to work. I'm one of those weird people. I want to just do something. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that I, if I could wake up and have the perfect day, I would wake up, enjoy like a long cup of coffee, super silent, go for a walk with the dog, and then. I think that if I didn't have anything else to read or emails to answer or anybody to talk to, I would probably actually listen. Well, I guess that's work. I would like, I was going to say, I was going to listen to like one it's of tough, my right? seminars or something like that. But okay, I guess that's work. Those modules and stuff I like to listen to. And I would get a facial. I would totally get a facial. That would be on my, my perfect day. And I would talk to the people that I love the most because I don't think that I ever give enough space to talk to my all, you know, everybody in my family, to talk to my best friend. So I would probably spend a lot of time on the phone, like just reconnecting with people that don't live near me because that gets pushed aside. So that's probably what I would do. So what's stopping you from having that day? Would stop um, nothing, absolutely nothing. I, I just wake up and I choose to do something different, right? Isn't that how it always is? We always yeah. have choice 100% of the time. So I wake up and I, I choose, I, I do feel a, a, a passion, but also a responsibility to the people that we serve to make sure that I'm giving them 100% so that they can go out there and, and serve and have the life that they desire and help other people have the life that they desire. So really, it's, it's just a choice that I do want to do that. Well, and then we always say that, that where you are today is a direct reflection of the choices that you made to get here. Because everybody else likes to say like, well, I'm a victim of circumstance. So, I mean, in reality for anybody, whatever, you know, if, if anybody's listening and you think about that question for yourself, like what would my perfect day be like? And then you're like, well, what's stopping me? The choices that you make, that's it. And you know, we, we choose, you chose to do something different. That's it. Um, you know, and you get so to wake up and choose whatever. who you want to be. You get right, your you get identity as a choice every day. And so I actually choose to work because for me, it's, it's not work. It's something that I do love and I'm very passionate about. But if I had like one day off, that's probably what I would do, but I would go right back to work because I absolutely thoroughly enjoy it. It, it fills me up just as much as being able to talk to all my friends and family and have that cup of coffee in silence right i mean like Robert said like you know if you had past addictions well if somebody were to 
fundamentally ask like, well, how did you do that? Well, I mean, ultimately it's you, a choice you, every day. you chose to not do it anymore. Yeah. You just chose. And so, you know, for, for everybody, it's interesting, like the power of the decisions and the choices that we make over the course of the day mm. that literally shapes our lives. And I think that it's important that we take responsibility too, for that. You know, we, we created this mm -hmm. good or bad. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I got a couple last questions for you. Um, what, where can people find you? Well, um, in, in connecting with us on Facebook, um, Instagram, if you uh, look for us, Sean Dill and Lacey Book, I think Instagram, the handles are at Dr. Sean Dill or at Dr. Lacey Book, Dr. Yep. Lacey Book mm -hmm. or Dr. Sean Dill. Um, our website is seanandlacey.com, um, blackdiamondclub.com, and all over the place on YouTube. We love when people reach out to us yes. too. So if you find us on Facebook or Instagram, shoot us a little direct message, ask us anything. We're always up for it. So. Well, that's what I was going to say. And, I, and, if, and if Robert doesn't mind, I mean, I'll throw him in there too, because this is one thing I know when you were talking about like the money and how, you know, money is energy and energy flows. But I'm telling you after listening to this podcast that you're going to begin to see signs of money in your life. It's just going to be, again, a choice whether or not you want to engage it. You'll see pennies on the ground. This always happens. If you do see those signs, reach out to Robert or to us and let us know because it just affirms. Like we get, we get that all the time. There's like probably one of the most popular things that we get posted on our wall is a picture of like a penny or a dime on the ground. And people are like, look what I found. Especially if it's sitting in something. We get, I get tagged a lot. <laughs> but you will see that. And I think that just affirms you know, the power of, of, of reaching people in Robert's podcast and him reaching people with a message. But I, I know that people will begin to see that. You'll see signs of abundance and then you choose to engage or not engage with it. I love it. I love it. All right. So you guys can answer this together. One person can answer it, however you want to do it. But what is your message to the world? Well, I'll, I'll start with that. Um, I think that one of the things is that uh, every individual in business, and just in life too, needs to define what they stand for. And so I would say that for us and what we're, what we're doing as a couple with our business, we stand for a world where health and success are known as fundamental truths rather than fundamental pursuits. And so that would be our message to the world. Your default setting in life is to be healthy and to be successful. As long as there's no interference to those destinies, you will manifest that in your life. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what we're all about. We're, we're, we're out there trying to help people recognize those interferences so that they can remove them and go back to that default state. Love it. Love it. Right on. Well, thank you, Lacey and Sean. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you can find it probably on the same app. So go just <laughs> and enter. Uh, I cannot talk. I'm sorry. Enter podcast <laughs> at the end of none of your business. Find these guys, find their book and go follow them on social media. Thank you so much, guys. It was an honor. And you guys have an, my gosh, have a good day. <laughs>
brings me back to this conversation and to respect the money. And this is so important right now. Respect the money with the nation having a shortage on change. So save your money, save that change, keep it because we have a shortage supposedly. So keep it guys and till next time.